This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. Welcome to this week's edition of the Sneaky Plays Podcast, NFL Free Agency Edition. I'm Chris Morris, joined by none other than Dom Fierro. How you doing, Dom? We're doing good today. Big game coming up tonight. Ah, all in again, baby. In the garden. Gotta love it. PJ Anderson. Happy <laughs> tonight. Uh, yeah, I'll personally be rooting for uh, Seton Hall because fuck Georgetown. So uh, I'm on your side tonight. You have to. But we're not here to talk college basketball tonight. No, we are talk, not. Not here to talk NBA tonight. We are here to talk about the craziness that has gone on so far in the NFL offseason with free agency and trades, people being released, massive trades, franchise players, and some big-time free agent signings. So, in one word, Morris, how would you describe so far what's going Ooh, In one word. Um, mind-boggling. That's a, that's, a, that's a hyphen, too, right? Okay, well, hyphen. I, I, I guess yeah. that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's questionable. But. It, it definitely is questionable. <laughs> took, like, 10 seconds to answer. But, <laughs> but my, you put me on the spot there. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm slow with words. My word, strictly based off of the Packers, would be ecstatic because they've gotten pretty much ramped up their whole defense. <clears throat> so what we're going to do is we're just going to go over Pretty much everything, kind of dive into a little bit of everything. The big trades, the small signings, the releases as you know they come on throughout the day. A lot of stuff's going on in the NFL. So since we talked about the Packers real quick with my word ecstatic, let's start with the Packers. What do you think of these, these recent signings for the Green Bay Packers? How about the Green Bay Packers actually going out and spending money in free agency? I mean, what a world we live in. We talked about this last week, and I was bashing them. How you know they always sign the uh, the thirty five year old has been that is just chasing a ring at the end of his career. And you know you were quick to point out that this is a new regime now. I forgot about that for a second. But even last year, they really didn't they, they didn't sign a whole lot of free agents. You know, their most notable move I think was probably releasing Jordy Nelson. But you know, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. I forgot about Jimmy Graham, but that didn't really work out either. Um, but salute to the Packers, man. Good moves. I mean, th- this team's been crying for a defense for, you know, basically since they won the Super Bowl when they had Nick Collins and Clay Matthews was a stud and all those guys. Um, you know, they really just – I mean, that's been the, their main problem for, you know, basically the majority of Rodgers' tenure there is just not having a defense um, that can consistently get stops, create turnovers. Um, and I like all the moves, man. I mean, Darius Smith led the Ravens in sacks last year, part of the number one defense in football or number two, whatever you want to call it. Them and the Bears are the two best. Uh, but definitely a very good player, a young player too. Preston Smith from the Redskins, even though the Redskins weren't so good. Another solid player at linebacker. Um, and then Adrian Amos, poaching him from your division rival, the Bears. Oh, yeah. That's that's probably the best one of all because um, that's really where the Packers have struggled most, I would say. I mean, you're a Packers fan, you would know most. But yeah, I'd say on the back end, certainly it's safety. Basically, since, like I said, Nick Collins, you know, had the had the career-ending injury, they've just never been able to duplicate or, or replace him um, or any kind of production that equals that. Um, so, yeah, great move. And then they got they got an offensive lineman, too. Yeah, Billy Turner. Or maybe a little bit of an overpay for him. But, I mean, yeah, steady player, steady starter. Um, you know, you can't have enough bulk in front of Rodgers. Um, so, all, I mean, good moves, man. Really good moves. I mean, the Packers well-positioned themselves. 
Um, I mean, they were a team last year that obviously you could see kind of just needed to change. Um, you know, it was Mike McCarthy, great coach there for a long time, but you know, comes a point in time where you just need to change. I like the hire of Matt LaFleur. Um, even though, you know, maybe some people were critical of it because the Titans offense wasn't so good last year, but what did he really have to work with? I think he's a good offensive mind. He worked under McVay, I think too. Um, so he's got a good tree. So I think the offense should be good. And, you know, I get, that was their goal to, to shore up the defense. Um, they got a lot of other good young D-backs on that team too. Jair Alexander. Um, there's a couple other guys too. I forget their names. Um, Jackson. Josh. Yes, right. Um, Josh, what's his name? Josh, uh, yeah, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson's um, the guy from Iowa who had the right. unreal senior year with the picks. Yeah, no, they uh, got some They got some players. Um, and the additions they made, I think they're only going to help. Yeah, no, definitely. We have, you know, one of the worst defenses, I think, in the NFL, like, consistently. Yeah. It's a huge problem. So, what this, what this does, I mean, you got Adrian Amos for pretty much – uh, a f- and a fourth round pick for nothing because Haha Clinton Dix ended up signing with the Bears today, and they traded him to the Skins for a fourth round pick last season. So you make out like a steal, like a bandit with that trade, uh, you know? Because Clinton Dix, yeah, he's good, but he's not what he was expected to be. Still a quality safety, but you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge Haha guy. You're better off without him. Yeah, and and Amos had a great year last year for the Bears. I mean, obviously the Bears defense is ranked, you know. One throughout the whole year. So, they definitely a huge pickup at safety. Brings a little bit of veteran leadership, too. Like I was talking about last week, I believe it was. The only veteran they have in that secondary is Tremont Williams. And he's kind of – Oh, he's like 50. Yeah, I mean, he for in terms of NFL years for a D-back, that's not what you want. <laughs> yeah, no. So, it's a great pickup to have him. I think he's the biggest pickup, honestly. I would grade that as like an A-plus signing. The other thing, the other guys – uh, Darius Smith and Preston Smith, huge pickups. I believe I saw a stat that they like doubled what Nick Perry and Clay Matthews had last year in uh, sacks. And you know, obviously the Packers released Nick Perry, just never really worked out with what he want, what they expected from him as another linebacker from USC, who they expected to be a Clay Matthews because he was getting double teamed so much that he could take over a little bit and kind of take that all that pressure off of Matthews, but it just never really worked out. He had, you know, he had highs, he had lows, but most of his tenure as a Packer was a low. Uh, solidifying the offensive line, which used to be a big problem. They have one of the better offensive lines now in the league, I would say. And Billy Turner, yeah, probably overpaid for him, but he's a quality offensive lineman that can definitely get the job done. Uh, and another one, another huge signing that kind of went under the radar a little bit is – Tight end Mercedes Lewis, Mercedes Lewis coming back. Uh, oh right, I, I I missed that. Yeah, he uh, he signed a one year deal. He's gonna come back. He's I mean he's a blocking back, obviously, uh, blo- not blocking back, a blocking tight end. Uh, Jimmy Graham can't block for you know what, so it's definitely a big pickup uh, to have him come back because you know, the offense is gonna be different and it's gonna be exciting to watch. So I think the Packers honestly probably top three this offseason so far yeah i've liked the moves no doubt um and yeah i forgot i mean jimmy graham i guess he'll be back even though he kind of disappointed last year and he's really disappointed the last couple of seasons with seattle too um any interest i just saw jordy nelson was released he did any get in the packers bringing him back i wouldn't i would i could see honestly maybe not i mean Devonte. that's Devonte adams team oh yeah uh, there were a lot of rumors that about Antonio Brown before he was get, got traded to the Raiders that 
oh, the Packers should, you know, throw something at them, you know, get them here. That's Devonta Adams' team. I don't like when you make, you know, your star guy because he's a star guy. He signed a massive extension a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's clearly the number one receiver. I would say probably definitely a top ten receiver in the NFL. I would go as far as saying top five just for what he brings to the Packers. Yeah, no, I, I love Adams. I think he's a stud. Yeah, so I would. I'm never okay with you bringing in somebody. You know, just because they're a bigger name, it might be more you know athletic and a little bit better. Just to kind because of, that just makes everybody angry in the organization. Right. So I'm happy they didn't do that. Uh, but definitely, I can see Jordy Nelson coming back in a smaller role, kind of like a James Jones when he came back. You know, James Jones was a good receiver when he played for the Packers the first time around. Second time around, he came back with the hoodie, right? <laughs> he had, and he had quality. He had a quality, you know, year or two. So I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they can kind of get him on a small deal, bring him back. I think it would make Packers fans happy. Definitely make the organization happy. They love Jordy Nelson. Rogers loves Jordy Nelson. Hated to see him go. So I would not be surprised if he's brought back. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. I think it would, I mean, make sense on both sides. And we're seeing some homecomings who obviously we'll get to later with the receivers. Uh, uh, yeah, yep. yep. About. That's on, that's like number three on my list. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so kind of, so let's go right into the Antonio Braggs. We talked a little bit about it. So what do you think of the Raiders getting Antonio Brown? By the way, called it last week on the pod for all you listeners who aren't listening or are listening or are <laughs> listeners. We did call it last week that he was going to the Raiders. You had that, and I might add, you also had uh, Landon Collins to the Redskins. I did. You Colin. nailed that right. one. I, I almost forgot about that one. I was re-listening to our pod the other day, and I was like, oh, man. Tom, right on the money with that. And I agreed. I was like, oh, it's a typical Redskins move, like it is. Um, but getting back to Brown, um, I mean, the Raiders, like, I mean, we've said repeatedly on this podcast, nobody really knows what the hell John Gruden's doing. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can go down. I had a big argument with my roommates this week, too. Like, I, I mean, you break down, you know, you do each trade, you combine it all together. You know, the Amari Cooper trade, the Khalil Mack trade. I think they ended up getting a cumulative of three first round picks for all those guys and Antonio, or maybe two first round picks. This three. No, they got three. It was three. Okay. So they got two for Khalil Mack. Oh, right. And then they got one for Cooper. Okay. Yeah. And then they got a second round or two. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a great haul. Obviously I think Mack is the guy that you would probably rather keep in that situation, even though you did get two first rounders for him um, because he's a perennial defensive player of the year candidate. And there's just really, I mean, odds are you're not going to find anybody like him in the draft ever again. So um, that one, I don't think is very defensible. The Cooper one's a little bit more defensible. Um, and I guess, I mean, if you go out and get a player like Brown, it makes it even more defensible. But I'm just not sure. I mean, is this team really ready to win now? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not really seeing a whole lot of other weapons on that offense. Um, obviously, they they had your boy Doug Martin in the backfield there last year. I don't know what their backfield's going to look like this year. Not a huge Derek Carr fan outside of the one year a couple years ago um, where he, he led him to the playoffs, then broke his leg at the end of the season, didn't get the play, but really hasn't shown a whole lot outside of that. Um, and Brown, I mean, as great as he is, like, I don't want to say he's a, you know, a product of a system in Pittsburgh, but I certainly think he benefited from playing, you know, Pittsburgh yeah. is basically like, you know, how we say Clemson's wide receiver U. Yeah, it's uh, the football. Steel, Pittsburgh yeah. is wide receiver Pittsburgh U. is wide receiver U of the NFL. I mean, anybody, it started with Mike Wallace back in the day, and, you yep. know, from Emmanuel Sanders to... Uh, Antonio Brown to Juju, Martavis Bryant had all the talent in the world. Even though, uh, 
even go as far as Heinz Ward, Antoine. Exactly. Well. Yes. Yeah, so you can go back that far too. Um, so, and it's sort of some of my problem with Le'Veon Bell too. I feel like any running back you plug into that system with that great offensive line, you know, they're going to put up numbers as we saw James Conner and even Jalen Samuels do at the end of last season. Um, so I'm a little skeptical of both of those guys going elsewhere. Um, I definitely think Brown's still a, still a very, very good receiver. I don't know if he's going to be a top three receiver in the league like he's been over the last few years again. Um, I mean, he'll definitely get a ton of targets because he's clearing away their number one guy. I like the other move, too. They got Tyrell Williams, um, a guy that can stretch the field a little bit, allow Brown to, you know, do what he's best at is working those underneath routes, you know, catch and go, yards after the catch. Um, so that makes sense there. I'm just unsure of, like, I, I, don't, I still don't understand quite the direction of that team. So it's a little puzzling. I mean, doesn't I mean it makes sense just because you were here and Oakland was kind of in the news for them for a while. It sounded like they were the front runners all along. Um, so I'm not surprised he ended up there. I'm just I'm a little puzzled to see you know how it works out and still kind of confused on on what that team really is. Well, I think that we know exactly what the Raiders are, and that's a team that's going to be rebuilding. And I think that Josh, yeah, but this isn't a rebuilding move, which I mean, that's what I don't get. It kind of is though. I mean. You have you have three first round picks. You have a second round pick. You you let go of Khalil Mack, who clearly everybody thinks it's the wrong move, but maybe Gruden doesn't think that. You know, you got to go through your struggles first. And I think what really set them off is that Gruden. It was right away they hired Gruden, huge contract right to come out of the booth in Monday Night Football, where he was pretty happy. You know, obviously wanted to coach again, but was pretty happy. And you bring him big contract. You let go of Khalil Mack. You let him walk. And then you trade Amari Cooper, clearly trying to blow the team. Doug Martin is uh, – Marshawn Lynch is hurt most of the season. You know, even then he's not that effective. Uh, bring Doug Martin, who's just getting off a suspend, suspension year where he missed a few games because of the PEDs. The, the team had no direction last year. I think finally we're seeing that the Raiders are starting to get that direction. And I think once we see what they draft – this team, honestly, I think this team could compete for you know the AFC West last AFC West next year. Oh, really? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are good, but I also think the Chiefs have let go of a lot because they need to sign Mahomes in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still looking at the Chiefs as de- the definite front runners. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, said, I know. I, I hear yeah. that. <laughs> I never said the Raiders go yeah, yeah, and three and running away with the division. I'm just saying, I yeah. look for them to compete. I think. You know, they'll the, be better. The, the draft. They'll be better. Um, yeah, we got to see how they draft because this is obviously a huge draft for them. I mean, this is what they did. They traded all those guys to get these picks, and now you know, it, picks obviously look great on paper. You know, it's a big NBA thing. Like, oh, we got picks, we got picks, but really doesn't matter unless you get something with the picks. Um, you know, that's what the you know. So like, what do they do? They have are all the first rounders they acquired in this year, or one, I think one of them's yeah, one of the Mac ones is for next year. Yeah, they have, they have their own pick. And then one pick from the Bears and, then, and one from the Cowboys. So those picks aren't even like really that high. I mean, they're in the twenties because both yeah. of those teams made the playoffs. Um, I mean, they're still first rounders. So, but don't be surprised if one of those picks goes somewhere else. You know? Yeah, and the don't trade be surprised again. Yeah. those picks to whoever to get you know another star player. You know, this is what this is what happens when you get draft capital. Mm-hmm. Helps you, and we see it. We're seeing it with the Browns right now. You know, draft capital is helping them <clears throat> kind of quicken this rebuild. So, and then going speaking about the Browns is the uh, Odell Beckham trade. What do you think? Of oh, that? man, that was a jaw dropper. I mean, obviously, everybody knew Antonio Brown was going to get traded. 
um, you know, and Gettleman repeatedly for the Giants said, oh, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't sign him to trade him. He's going to be here. And everybody knew that was a bunch of baloney. That wasn't, you know, they were they were listening to offers for Adele for the last two years. Whether they were actually going to move him or not was a question, but there was always rumblings, you know, because of you know, how much of a distraction he was and kind of how he was a baby and blah, blah, blah. And that just, I mean, it just goes to show you, I mean, and the Giants can compound it with signing Golden Tate today, who I think is, can still play a little bit. I don't think he was used quite in the right way with the Eagles last year just because we had so many slot receivers. Um, but to overpay for Odell or for Golden Tate after you trade Odell Beckham and in the hall they got for him, like it was nothing, not was nothing. nothing. That's such a bargain. I mean, if you, <laughs> I go pick Odell up at the airport. If anybody offered that deal to me, like, are you kidding me? I mean, they got one first rounder, which probably won't even be a good pick because the Browns are going to be good now. A third it, rounder, not it, even a second no. and Jabril Peppers, who I think, yeah, has some potential, but. I mean, what's he going to be like? A decent starter at best? He's coming home to New Jersey. That's what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Bergen County product. Yeah, great <laughs> athlete. You know, had the uh, the Heisman hopeful season at Michigan, but I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think he's got. I'm not really seeing Pro Bowl, All Pro potential with him. Yeah. Um, and the Browns. I mean, John Dorsey, man, just keeps up good move after good move. Um, you know, everybody knew they kind of needed one more guy. Jarvis, you know, had a decent year last year for them, but not great. Um, I think he's Darvis certainly is better off, you know, in the number two receiver role. And now you'll have Beckham, you know, stretching the field. Um, and, you know, it'll allow Landry to, to get open on the underneath routes more. And obviously these guys, you know, best friends, teammates at LSU, you know, it's been well documented how, you know, how much they like each other and, you know, how they said it's a dream come true if we could ever play together again. And now they got it in Cleveland of all places with Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner from two years ago. Um, I'm happy for the Browns, man. I'm happy they're back. Football is going to be relevant in Cleveland again. Heals the wound of, uh, of LeBron leaving. They've got something relevant. And that's always been a football town. Um, you know, they've, they've craved for the Browns to be good. And they've just been so irrelevant for the last, you know, they left for Baltimore. And they've basically been irrelevant for the last 20 years since they're back in existence. <laughs> um, and all the other moves, too. I mean, Sheldon Richardson trading for Olivier Vernon. Huge move. Big moves all around, man. I mean, to pair with Miles Garrett, who I think is – you know, outside of Khalil Mack, probably the best young defensive lineman in football. Um, absolute stud. I mean, we saw them come on at the end of last year. I think they won like six out of their final eight, something like that, after they fired Jackson and Haley. So, I mean, Freddie Kitchens did a, did a really nice job with Baker to close the season. And now, I mean, the weapons that Baker's got in his arsenal. Forgot Kareem Hunt, too, even though he's going to be sick yeah. for half the season. But even then, you got Nick Chubb. I mean, this offense all of a sudden is loaded with weapons and who would have thought the Browns? You look at the, the odds in Vegas right now, they're tied for fifth in the odds to win the Super Bowl this they're, year. I think it's 14 to 1 or something, 12 yeah. to 1. It's remarkable. The Packers 14 to 1. Yeah, that's, I mean, Rodgers gets a lot of respect, rightfully so, but that surprised me a little bit too. They were that high. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Packers. Oh, yeah. They're always, they're last year was the first year. Six, six and first. ten last year or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it was a down year. Relax. Relax. <laughs> Mike McCarthy, I know. It was time for relax. Me. Was, I hear you. I hear you. I pointed it out. It was not It was not the greatest season. We understand. But So here are my thoughts on this trade. I think it's stupid. I think both reasons, for both teams, it's a stupid trade. It's stupid for the Browns? Yeah, so this is oh. why, right? But the Browns, not so much of Odell's playing ability. It's what he brings to the locker room. He brings absolutely no value to the locker room. Yeah, but but, no. but they're with his be- – I mean, he's with his best friend. I think that, like – I don't know. I mean, I think that's going to help him a little okay. bit. Okay, so 
So how many times have so when it's week six, right? And Odell's got twenty five catches and Jarvis Landry has three. What do you think's gonna happen? I don't what, but they're gonna be winning too. That's the thing. That's what's what was so frustrating about him in New York is they sucked. I I would not be surprised if at some point this season those two are throwing hands at each other on the sideline. No. I would not it would no. not it would not surprise me. No, I don't think this is a good trade for the Browns, locker room wise. Obviously, playing wise, I think Odell's one of the best receivers in the league, right? Obviously, they didn't get to show it with the Giants because they have they God forbid you win two Super Bowls ten years ago, with, you know, so they got to keep that quarterback until he's dead, pretty much. But I don't think it's a good trade with what's going on in the locker room. I just don't think he's a good locker room presence, and I think that brings the team down more than type of play on the field. Uh, a lot of egos on that team. I feel like Jarvis Landry's got an ego too. Baker, we don't know what's going to happen with Baker. Honestly, I'm still the jury for me is still out on Baker. If he repeats it this year, then yeah, I think he's going to be a stud. But right now, I'm not convinced otherwise. Jeez, pessimistic Dom here tonight. Man, putting a buzzkill on the Brownies' great offseason. And then, well, no, I think. What about what about the defense? They made I think it's on still, the Sheldon Richardson signing is awesome. Yeah, uh, bringing Brashard Perryman, I think, is awesome. Oh. Yeah, I think they have, I think they've had a great off season. Yeah, I just don't think the Odell trade's the greatest. <laughs> and then for the Giants, I don't even want to get started on Giants. Gettleman's an idiot. He's gonna <laughs> run down the franchise. He ran down the Panthers. He's gonna run down the Giants. You, Eli's getting five million dollars tomorrow. Just think of that. He's gonna get a five million dollar check tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, take out the taxes, so whatever that comes out to. But he's gonna get a check for a, as a bonus being on the roster. He's going to make twenty three point five million this season. The Giants have thirty three point, I think, some you now five or six million in dead cap space this year. That is that's insanity. So, so between nine players on the caps, then dead cap space plus Eli, you know, it's over. You know, it's about sixty something that million. What is that? Yeah, that's a joke. I mean, yeah. God, God bless the NFC East, man. For the Eagles, I mean. Between the Giants and the Redskins, it's just pick your poison of who you want to laugh at more. Yeah, and it's just – it's gotten to the point with the Giants that I don't even – like this team's this team, Gettleman, literally set them back, I think, in my opinion, three to four years. I don't think until they get rid of Eli, they'll never be able to move forward. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I, I'm with you. And he's like – I mean, the Golden Tate move, I still think Golden Tate can play. Yeah, he can play. Paying, paying him $9, $10 million a year is not smart. I would I – would, to kind of talk baseball for a second, I would equivalent that to the Andrew McCutcheon signing for the Phillies. That's fair. You yeah. paid him. You overpaid him definitely, but he can still play. He's still a quality player. Uh-huh. But is he worth what you're paying him? And it, yeah, but in and in baseball, there's no salary cap, so you know it's all about just you know how much the owner's willing to go into the luxury tax. I mean, in football, if you have it's a four year deal. If you have Golden Tate in two or three years and say he suffers an injury and he's 32, 33 and really looking like he's shot. And, you know, he's still got him on the hook for $10 million. Like, yeah. That's, it's... I mean, that's, that's where it's not smart there. I mean, on paper, this is the thing with the giants. They've had weapons on paper for years now. Um, I mean, even after Odell, I mean, I still like Sterling Shepard. I still like Evan Ingram when he can stay healthy. Yeah. Obviously, Saquon is, you know, has okay. generational talent potential. Um, you know, that offensive line has been kind of a mess. That's, you know, been a big reason why they've been hampered. Um, but even that, you know, they've made some moves to sure that up. But, I, I mean, when it all comes down to it, Eli is just shot. I mean, yeah. He's 37, 38 years old or whatever. And 
he hasn't been good in almost a decade. When's like when did they win the Super Bowl? 2011. They won their last Super Bowl eight years ago. Yeah, eight years ago, and he hasn't been good since. So, like, I mean, I, I don't know. At some point, I mean, you attribute that it's similar to a Flacco situation. The Ravens, being a smart organization, finally moved on. You know, Flacco, he won a Super Bowl with them. He's not good anymore. Uh, trying to move on, and the Giants just haven't learned that lesson. And that's that's a shame. And you're now getting rid of your best receiver, best player, mm-hmm. best player that was currently on any New York roster on for any of the sports. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got rid of him. You shipped him out. You lied to the franchise. You lied to the fan, and you shipped him out. It's just it's mind boggling to me. And you got nothing back. Yeah, you got a one. I know. You do with a one, and I think the Browns are going to be good. So I don't think you think that pick's going to be that high. You're gonna you're gonna suck for the duck. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> oh, God bless the NFC East, man. Uh, I mean, it's it's mind boggling what they did, and I I can't exp- I. It's been talked about over the radio so much. I can't even listen. I'm, it makes me furious every time I hear about it. Oh yeah, the rebuild starting. The rebuild starting. No, it's not. The rebuild should have started with Eli Manning being gone. They should. What? What rebuild? That that but, makes no sense. It's it's. I can't talk about it anymore. My blood pressure is going to go up. I, <laughs> I ran a mile and a half today. I can't talk about this. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, don't don't be listening to Francesa too much. Oh, oh my God, gouge your eyes out. Max Harrison. Please. What's his take on it? Uh, he he hates Odell. Oh, oh, bad trade, bad trade, Gettleman. He he hates Odell. I mean, you you think I think this oh, is I bad trade? He you. thinks this is like the greatest thing that happened to me. Yeah. Before. <laughs> yeah, Odell gone all because oh, he, he's oh, gone. He's a cancer. Yeah, it's 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 something else. <laughs> but but let's go to the other New York team or New Jersey team, how you whoever you want to say it, in the New yeah. York that's with some big signings this uh, off season with. C.J. Mosley, I think that's a great pickup for uh, the linebacker core there. I think their defense, you know, with uh, what's his name, Greg Williams, is going to be flying around the field. Bounty Greg. Yeah. And then Le'Veon Bell signing this deal. I think, in my opinion, I don't think they needed him, but I think this is – but getting him just boosts them so much higher than uh, the rest of – they're they're definitely going to be a wild card team, I feel like, this year. And You think – yeah, I do. Uh, I don't know. I think Darnold's that good that he can make them a wild card team this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're the sec- they finish second in the NFC or the AFC uh, East. I think that they're they've gotten that good this off season. Plus, they had the number three pick. I think if they can get Josh Allen with that number three pick. Uh, that's true. That defensive line is going to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean. They could finish second in the AFC East. I mean, I don't know if that's saying a lot. I actually like the Bills offseason, too. You know, under-the-radar signings for them. They're loaded with speed of receiver now. Um, but getting back to the Jets, like, I mean, obviously, you're a big market. You know, they have a ton of money to spend. It makes, you know, QB on the rookie deal. makes sense to go out and sign all these guys. We see teams do it all the time when they get the quarterback on the rookie deal. You know, the Seahawks, when they won the Super Bowl, the Eagles. Uh, this is the time to spend money and to go out and gather talented players. Um but, you know, like you said, you're not sold on Baker, really. I'm not so sure I'm sold on Darnold yet either, man. Um, yeah, he's got the physical skills. He's got the arm talent. Um, threw a lot of interceptions last year. Obviously, that's typical of a rookie quarterback. But he did the same thing in college. Um, seems like he sort of was just kind of a, a first-read guy. Didn't really quite know what to do afterwards. You know, you could say there weren't a whole lot of weapons. Wasn't a very good team around him. All true. All fair points. 
Um, and obviously, Le'Veon, you know, what's the best thing for, for a young quarterback is to get a stud running back and a great running game to rely yep. on. And um, he, yeah, for the play catch action. The ball, and catch the ball in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the Jets were always the landing spot, it seemed like, for Le'Veon. Um, you heard all that, you know, the Ravens buzz and maybe the Bears and all this, but it seemed like he was destined for the Jets all along. Um, and it's a good, I mean, obviously, you're getting a stud. Again, like I said, with Antonio Brown, I'm a little anxious to see how he fares outside of Pittsburgh. I still think he's a very good player. Um, how's he going to do outside of that system? How's he going to do after taking a year off of football? Um, is it, you know, are you more susceptible to injury that way? Obviously, I'm being skeptical, but I'm just, you know, I'm not 100% sold on it. And also, I mean, Mosley, again, very good player, you know, had to overpay for him. I get it. You know, he's going to give you – he's going to be the leader of your defense instantly. Um, definitely provides stability. Um, it's a shame they missed that on Anthony Barr, too. Because it looked like they had him. Let me start. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Pulled the old DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I think he's. The NFL. One foot in, you know, cold feet a little bit. I'm going to run back home to Minnesota. Yeah. Um, That would have helped a lot, too, because, I mean, Barr and Mosley, linebacker, that's that's a hell of a tandem right there. Obviously, Barr plays a little bit more on the outside. He rushes the passer a little bit more. Um, But, you know, if they would have been able to come away with two studs like that, I'd be even even feeling better about the Jets. but yeah, I mean, obviously, Le'Veon, great talent. We'll see how he does. A little skeptical, you know, coming off of a year of sitting. Um, I'm not quite ready to declare them a wild card team or second best in the AFC East yet. I want to see a little bit more, you know, see see what their draft looks like. Obviously, like you said, getting Allen at the third pick would be huge too, because um, they really, I mean, if they could do that, I mean, their defense defense is already their their defense is already okay. I thought last year it wasn't terrible. You know, you got Jamal Adams on the back end, so yeah. you can get Allen. You could have you could have studs at every level there. So I see the potential, uh, but I think it again, it all rests on Darnold's shoulders. You know how he's able to progress in year two. Yeah, and I think that's where hiring Adam Gates is going to help them because he is an offensive mind. Uh, you know, McCarthy is an offensive mind too. But if had they hired him, I think it would be like a power struggle. Uh, so I think that you know, if you can get somebody who's just going to follow your rules, and Adam Gates can come in set an offense that can win. The defense is set, like you said. I mean, Jamal Adams and Marcus May are two, two best safety, young safeties in the league. Uh, C.J. Mosley at linebacker. Obviously, you got Leonard Williams already. You got If you can get Josh Allen, that solidifies your defensive line. It's going to be a huge year for the Jets, in my opinion, I feel like. Uh, but then going, you know, we kind of talked about the Ravens and how we thought Le'Veon Bell was going there. Obviously, they didn't want him because it came out that they never really made him an offer. There's never much interest. They don't know where all the you know the kind of talk came from. But instead, they went out and got another running back who's been in the league for a while. And Mark, uh, to me, I don't really understand it. I, I get Mark Ingram is a bruiser. You know, he's a solid running back. He's proven a lot in the league, especially kind of sharing time with uh, Alvin Kamara over there in New Orleans. But I, I don't think that's the greatest place for him to go especially Lamar Jackson. Because, I mean, let's let's break it down with Lamar Jackson real quick. He's not going to win with his arm. No, no, I, I agree. When push comes to shove, he's not winning a game with his arm. You know, he can throw the ball, yeah. He's not doing it with his arm, though. Yeah, he needs to rely on the play action on the running game, you know, hit some tight ends wide open on seam routes. He's not going to, you know, decipher the defense and, and pick you apart. Yeah, so when I see this team blowing it up, when you know, the Ravens blew up their team this offseason, that's why a lot of this, the – there's a lot of speculation Le'Veon Bell was going to the Ravens. Yeah. But for him 
to for them to just get Mark Ingram, I feel like that's just a pointless signing. That's almost like a oh well, we got Mark Ingram, we did something this off season, and they got Earl Thomas to safety. Yeah, but Earl Thomas is that's a good move. move. That's a good move, but he's coming off a broken leg. How great is he really going to be? He's a little bit older of a player too. So is can we? Is he going to get back to you know kind of what he was with Seattle all those years, or is he going to be you know people going to be flying by him? <laughs> you know, I don't know what to expect from the Ravens. I really think they did themselves a disservice this offseason so far. Hopefully their draft is a little bit better, but it's, it's kind of that, you know, what you use to describe this offseason a mind-boggling, that's what I would use for the Ravens so far as offseason. Yeah, it's definitely been puzzling. Um, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you again, though. Like, I mean, it's not – yeah, I mean, some of these moves are puzzling. Um, I think letting Terrell Suggs go, a guy that's oh. hard and solely your defense for two decades basically – uh, to let him go to Arizona where he played college football at Arizona State. That's a little puzzling. Um, surprised they didn't try to, to, to keep him um, or that he wouldn't take a hometown discount. I guess he just wanted to go back to Arizona. But I think the other moves are defensible. I mean, as good as Mosley is, that's a team that's really been great at drafting linebackers over the years. And he's also, I mean, they didn't want to pay him that much, which I understand. Um, Weddle's older, too. You know, they knew they clearly knew they were going to be in the market for Earl Thomas. They signed him. That's a definite upgrade. I know he's coming off the broken leg, but you forget if you, if you don't remember, he also broke his leg two years ago. Um, that gives me back, a yeah, but he came back in the following season and was an all pro. Okay, so, so is the, is he going to do that again this year? Can he do that at all? He's, he's showing it once already. I mean, he's not that old. He's older, but he's still like I think he's like 29, 30. It's not like he's like 33. For safety, though, I mean, we're talk- if we're talking longevity in the NFL, the safety, unless you can hit hard and, and kind of keep up with guys, if guys are flying by you, you bring absolutely nothing to the defense they play for. I'm more optimistic about Earl Thomas coming back. I think Earl Thomas has been the best safety in football for the last decade. That includes, you know, guys like Eric Berry um, and some other names I'm forgetting about. But I think Earl Thomas, you know, obviously had no doubt about it. First ballot Hall of Famer in my mind. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely yeah, but I, he's already, you know, he's not that old, and he's already shown he can come back from a broken leg once. And also, I, I I mean, everyone's down on Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram's good, man. He's also a young, you know, he's no. 29 also. He's a, but he's a you look at his workload, he really hasn't had that many carries over his career. He's, I mean, Kamara got most of the work the last two years there. He was a great compliment to him. Um, and I think in that offense, I mean, we saw Gus freaking Edwards go off last year. But they're so, two I mean, backs. They're, they're, they're both kind of power backs, though. Uh, Gus Edwards is faster. He's quicker. Mark Ingram is a guy who's running, you know, north and south. Gus Edwards can run anywhere. That's the problem with. Well, him. they still got Edwards too. I mean, they're I gonna think, be able to split duties there. Yeah, it does. Is that the situation? If you're Mark Ingram, is that the situation you want to go into? Well, he just he just was in that situation with New Orleans, and he why, but why would you want to go into that again when you're a solid back and clearly be the guy? That's my thing. Is, I, I hear you, but I mean, I think he clearly he values winning. He was a part of a great organization there in in New Orleans. They won a lot. Yeah, no. Um, and Baltimore is a good organization too. They know what they're doing. Um, I agree with you. Lamar Jackson's not going to throw. You know, he's not going to pass the ball and and win you games with his arm consistently. It's not going to happen. Um, they definitely need to share up the receiver position. They lost. Uh, they lost Crabtree. They got a zillion tight ends that I don't know what the hell they're going to do with. Uh, Andrews and Williams Boyle. and Hill and yeah, I mean, there's Boyle's going to be the guy. I think. Yeah, Boyle's pretty good. Um, he's the best of all of them. But they got to get. They do have. It's a funky team. It's a weird team. But it worked last year. And obviously, you know, with a full off season to prepare, Lamar Jackson's not going to do that again. You know, where he kind of just it, it was almost RG three esque the second half of the season what they were able to do just 
turn it into like a 1960s team, just pounding the rocks 60 times a game. Um, but I, I'm more optimistic on the Ingram sign than you are. I think him and Edwards are going to be pretty formidable back there together. Um, and I think that it opens a lot of opportunities just because Ingram's been in, you know, he's been in that situation before. I get that he could have gone somewhere else to be a lead back, but maybe he doesn't want to get the shit beat out of him for 16 games and have 30 touches a week. Maybe he wants to stay fresh and, you know, split duties and have more success that way. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I just don't think it's the greatest place for him to land as a top. No, he's not a top running back, but he can definitely be a, a RB1 on multiple teams throughout the league. <clears throat> if he values winning that much, then I I think that's great for him. I think the Ravens, like you said, they know how to win. Clearly, they're in the playoffs a lot throughout the years. Uh, going up to their linebacker situation, though, yeah, they know how to draft linebackers, but you just let go two of your starting linebackers that were really good. You know, so you are you willing to go rookie linebackers? Do you think that high of a linebacker class this year that you can win right away with rookies? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's not – it's certainly not – it's big shoes to fill with Mosley and Smith. Yeah, it's – you know, it's, it's puzzling. It's mind-boggling. I don't know what they're doing. Obviously, I can be – completely proven wrong by an AFC uh, North win, you know, this year and go into the playoffs again. And, so it sounds like, sounds like I'm optimistic on the Ravens. You're pessimistic. Yeah. You're optimistic on the Jets and I'm pessimistic. Yeah. It, it, I would say, yeah, I agree with that. So kind of as we get to the end here, uh, let's talk about your Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, I'm coming home. Uh, I'm coming home. Oh my God! Deshaun's gonna let. Oh, I forget the words. <laughs> Deshaun's home though, baby. You let Matt. go. You let go of Nick Foles. I think he did oh, I service. I love you, Nick. And he looks no. a little. He looks a little chubby looks there. A little doughy. He's always been a little doughy, man. Little, man boobs. Don't don't be fooled by it though. A little too many uh, <laughs> and uh, well, too many Philly you know, you know. Yeah, he actually. You know, fun fact about Nick Foles. Never had a Philly cheesesteak in all the I years he played here. I, no, he, that's I, what he said. He yeah. repeatedly has said it. Yeah. Never happened. Doesn't look like it. I hear you. It looks a little doughy, uh, a little man boobish. Um, but no Philly cheesesteaks, according to Nick. Um, but I, I wish I wish Nick all the best of luck. I love him forever. He'll forever be a hero and a savior in this city for what he did. Um, and I'll be pulling for him for however long he's in the league. Building the statue. Oh, I, they already got a statue off of him. Do they? Bud Light built one of him and Doug Peterson. Oh, I discussed in the Philly special. It was right outside. It was in the concourse outside oh, that's all, right. all year last year. That's Hopefully right. it remains there. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I I would imagine it, it would stay there forever. Yeah, it should because yeah. he obviously is the best player in your franchise history because he brought you a Super Bowl. I, so. I can disagree with that. I think he's, <laughs> he's certainly, he's probably my favorite Eagle and a lot of other people's favorite Eagle now of all time. So Deshaun Jackson's back. Uh, what do you think of him coming back? To Jackpot the- is back to blow you, off the top. I do you mean, th- think he's still got it in the tank? Do I you do still think, think be- he got it. Yeah. I mean, all these people, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, uh, Deshaun's borderline washed. I'm arguing with, you know, some of our idiot friends over the last couple of days saying, uh, you know, whatever. He's 32 years old. You know, production wasn't there really last year. But if you really dig deep into the numbers, you know, I think he still ran the fastest routes in the league last year or had the fastest miles per hour on, on catches of over 50 yards or something, even faster than Tyreek Hill. Um, some NFL next-gen stats, but clearly it proved that, you know, the guy can still fly. 
I think he had five catches of over 40 yards last year. The entire Eagles roster only had nine. Um, and that's exactly what this offense was missing last year. Really, it's been missing the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, but, I mean, Torrey Smith wasn't exactly lighting it up down the field. Yeah, he yeah. made some big plays in the playoffs that year and was a great locker room guy. But clearly, I mean, you know, they moved on from him last year, so they thought they could upgrade. So, you know, they signed Mike Wallace. That didn't work out. He broke his leg two games into the year. Even if he played, I mean, I kind of think Mike Wallace is, is washed too. So I was never really all that enthusiastic about that. You know, they've kind of failed to develop some young guys. Mac Hollins got hurt last year. Shelton Gibson, guy from West Virginia, really is, you know, not panned out in the two years he's been there. So, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. It's not just, oh, we're bringing back Deshaun because, you know, this is his home. This is where we drafted him. He actually fills a major void on this offense. Um, and I love that they kept Aguilar, too, even though they're paying him $9 million, which, yeah, it's a little excessive. But, I mean, we saw Aguilar really thrive playing basically all the snaps in the slot two years ago, um, opposite of Jeffrey and with Ertz, too. So, I mean, last year, obviously, it was a little tricky for him with, with Tate. And, you know, they had injuries. They had to move guys around. He was really the only guy with speed, so they had to play him outside. This allows him to sit right, sit right back in that slot position, get back to where he's comfortable. You got Deshaun blowing off the top of the defense. I still think he'll be able to do it at 32 years old. Stats back it up from last year. With Patrick playing, he was still, you know, the best deep threat, one of the best yeah. deep football. You know, Jameis just couldn't throw the ball downfield. I mean, the numbers were drastically different. Um, and the eye test shows that. I mean, you watch Jameis, he literally cannot throw the ball downfield. I don't understand. He's got a strong arm. I guess just the accuracy, the touch, he doesn't have it. Um, that's one question I still have about Wentz a little bit, too. Obviously, he throws a much better deep ball than Jameis, but he hasn't, you know. Kenny. The, the, down, the downfield plays haven't been – you know, they've come, and, they've come and gone here and there the first couple of years. Obviously, they haven't really had a, a great deep threat like Deshaun. Um, and he's had some good deep throws, some misses. I will say Foles, threw a, I think, does throw a much better deep ball than Wentz um, with the touch, the kind of the teardrop rainbow effect. Um, Wentz certainly has a stronger arm, you know, more zip on the ball in the intermediate routes. Um, but, I mean, still, I mean, I, I think Carson, he's shown great strides for the deep ball. I don't think it'll be a problem. And, I mean, it helps out Alshon who can strictly be a possession receiver now. And like I said, Aguilar running the slot routes. And then Ertz and Goddard are going to have a field day on the middle of the field. is going to be wide open. That's what this offense really lacked last year. And, you know, what better guy to go out than a guy that you know, that you're familiar with, that, you know, made so many memorable and great plays for you before. I will say the one, you know, outside of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, you know, the single greatest moment of my life as an Eagles fan was watching Deshaun go back in – in the Meadowlands for the touchdown. Uh, I was actually at that game with my dad. It's the most, you know, second most incredible Eagles win I've seen um, with my own eyes outside the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget that. And I I can't wait to to see him back in an Eagles uniform. The link is going to be on fire the first time he comes out of that tunnel. Yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good trade bringing them back. Obviously I think Aguilar was that guy that kind of looked for to fill that void when he left. Uh, and Aguilar's done a decent job. I mean, but he's no Deshaun Jackson. He's a slot guy. That's the thing. He's like he's fast, but he's more yeah. like quick in the slot rather than like downfield speed. You know. I feel like, and I feel like Aguilar also is a strict route runner. Yeah. I, you know, Deshaun Jackson is a. You know, he would be really good with like a Rodgers type QB. Oh, Deshaun would thrive with yeah, Rodgers. He just makes play oh, yeah. because Rodgers is running for his life to the sideline. Uh huh. Yeah. Or a Mahomes or somebody who makes those plays, a, oh, yeah. a Wilson type guy. Uh, 
I, I think the bigger question, and you kind of said it, was is Carson Wentz. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to get those balls consistently down uh, to Sean Jackson. And like you said, I you know, he can do it, but can he do it consistently? Obviously, last year there's a big difference between Jameis Winston and Carson Wentz, and I would say there's even a big difference between a Ryan Fitzpatrick and a Carson Wentz. I don't. I just, uh, I, I've always been skeptical of Carson Wentz. Obviously, you know, we talked a lot about it when we were doing our picks this year, uh, you know, all season. And I think kind of Nick Foles going to the Jaguars is good uh, for him. I don't know. Exactly. exactly. I don't know if it's so good for Carson Wentz, you know, to the point where if the play is great, if the play is good, then he shuts everybody up. But I think <laughs> because Nick Foles went to the playoffs again, got you guys there, I don't know if. Like this is, has to be a playoff season. Oh, no doubt it does. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, Wentz will be ran out of there if they don't go to the playoffs. That's just my opinion. I think Carson Wentz is a good QB who's in a really bad situation right now. Not because the Eagles aren't good or are toxic or anything, just because of what the guy who just went to Jacksonville did. Well, <laughs> no, I I agree with that, but I think it's going to help Carson immensely. Oh yeah, he's I, gone. I mean, I think it's going to help him. Un, an unreal amount that yeah. Nick Foles is now gone. There's no one now. He's not looking over your shoulder now. Exactly. This Foles going in, but I think it also kind of hurts him where if he does go through that struggle mm-hmm. is, is everybody's going to, you know, cause you know, oh, no, you're right. hundred percent. Philadelphia radio is going to be blowing up. Oh yeah. Trade for trade for Foles. A hundred percent. I'm giving Carson, you know, that's what's going to happen. And you know, as well as I do. So I hope it does. I like Carson. I think he's a good QB. You know, obviously he was an underrated guy coming out of the draft out of North Dakota State and, you know, went two to the Eagles. So I I hope he does well. I think it's always good for the NFL when the NFC East is good considering they get a lot of primetime games, mostly because of the Cowboys they when they play. But I think it's awesome when the NFC East is, you know, top to bottom really good. Obviously it won't be that this year because the Giants are just stupid. But <laughs> – um, so kind of just to go off of, you know, two more things we have, I want to talk about the Redskins real quick because they're probably the uh, other team that's made multiple signings where they picked up Landon Collins, obviously. I think that's a great move. I am very high on Landon Collins. I think he's a good, good safety, not the best covered, not the best kind of man to man guy, good coverage, safety, hard hitter. Uh, I think that's a great signing for them. I think also signing AP to a two-year deal, smart move. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but I think at least next year he'll still play well. Case Keenum obviously gets traded there. We talked about that a little bit last week. So I think they've kind of done themselves a good job also. You know, obviously it's the Redskins. We all know how they play and how they always find a way to kind of ruin their season. So, but Very true. Because you are the NFC East guy. I mean, you watch them. You've been to multiple games. You know, in Landover, you want you know you got to play them twice a year. What do you think? Place is a dump. That oh yeah, too. I'll say that, that just first and foremost. Please I've, get a new stadium, Dan Snyder. I've been there listening. for I've been there for a, a Redskins Bucks game. Oh, and I've been there for a Redskins Packers playoff game. Uh, you were at the playoff. Oh, was like, I was a co- yeah. I forgot the Kirk Cousins. You yeah, like that team? Kirk, the Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh God. Um. Yeah. So first of all, get a new stadium, please. Um. But after that, um. I mean, look, we know what the Skins want to do. Um, I've been a, I, I'm an avid Skins hater, kind of my least favorite team in the NFC East, even more so than Dallas. 
um, just because Dallas at least has talent. Yeah, Washington seems like they're the most, you know, arguably the most dysfunctional joke of a franchise in sports. Um, yeah, like, I mean, the Case Keenum movie, we talked about it last week. It's probably going to give you similar production to Alex Smith. He's going to, you know, he's okay. He's kind of vanilla. He'll make the, the easy throws. He'll manage the game. You know, we know what they want to do. They, they want to run the ball. Um, even Adrian Peterson at his age, he clearly showed last year he's got something left in the tank. Um, had a pretty good year, especially when, when their line was healthy. Um, before, uh, you know, I think both their guards went down for the season around mid-year, Scherf and, uh, and Laval. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and when those guys were healthy, they were, they were running the ball, they were running the ball pretty well. Um, that was the identity of that team. Um, so assuming all those guys come back healthy, you're right. I agree with you. I think that's a good deal, uh, two year deal, um, at a bargain, you know, you'll probably get the last two years of his, of real production out of him. Um, and, and you know, the Collins thing. Like, you know, you predicted it. You were spot on. He's going to go to the Redskins. Yeah. Definitely a Redskin kind of player, a Redskin kind of move. He's a good player. You know, they, the Redskins like those physical, hard-hitting, downhill. Just like the, the Alabama guys. They, they love it, yeah. They have so many – if they were signed Clinton Dix, they would have had like six Alabama guys on their starting defense. Exactly. They got <laughs> Jonathan Allen, too, the, the defensive tackle who's yep. a good player. Um, you know, they go for that kind of player. They like the big physical guys. You know, what I don't see on their roster is a lot of speed, which is, you know, sort of the problem with Collins, too, that, you know, as good of a run stopper, as physical as he can be, he's not the best in open space in the secondary. You know, you get Deshaun matched up on him. No, yeah. You know, Deshaun's I mean, it's good Sean's beating him nine times out of ten. Yeah, it's the same. I mean, we saw it with LeBron, with LeBron Landry time and time again, another big physical safety that's kind of a liability in pass coverage, and that's repeatedly the player they've gone after. And, you know, like I said, offensively repeatedly they try to do the same thing. You know, they, they want to run the ball. They want to be a physical line up front. You know, they've got AP to fit that mold and they want to have a quarterback that kind of manages the game and makes the safe, easy throws and, you know, doesn't turn it over. So we'll see how it works out. Um, I mean, it's a similar formula to what they had last year, maybe a slight upgrade in talent on some spots. Um, you know, we got to see if they can stay healthy. They're routinely one of the most injured teams in the league. So, I mean, they usually start off okay, and then, you know, everyone gets hurt, and, you know, the whole thing falls apart, and they end up collapsing the second half of the season. So, we'll see. I mean, there's some talent there. I'm always going to be pessimistic about the Redskins until I see it, especially until they really get a quarterback. So, I mean, the way I'm seeing it right now, I know, we, you know, we don't want to do our way too early predictions. I'm still seeing the Eagles and the Cowboys as the class of the division. It's probably going to come down to those two. And then, you know, I don't know what could happen after that between the Giants and the Redskins. So, Skins, I'll give them, like, a for this offseason so far. Yeah. Uh, so, that brings me to my next question. Who would you say, if you had to pick one winner and one loser based off of, you know, improving your team and not so much of, you know, the big-name signings, who would you say is your winner and loser of free agency? Ooh, out of all teams? Out of every team, I mean, if you want to pick the Eagles, I mean, I'll tell you mine right now, so you don't feel a little bad if you pick the Eagles. You got the Packers. I think the Packers win free agency. I think uh-huh. they proved their defense spot on, and it gives them, you know, now they don't have to worry about drafting linebackers in, uh, you know, in the draft, uh, and they still have to make decisions on the Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews and different guys. Right. So, uh, I think they got better than every other team in the NFL based off of what they've done the last few days. And then my loser of 
is of the free agency, I obviously think is the Giants. I think they just did themselves a disservice by letting go of Odell and set themselves back. I mean, years. I mean, I'm still out on a little bit of Sterling Shepard, too. Like you said, Evan Ingram, really good when he's healthy. I think the same thing as Sterling Shepard. He's really good when he's healthy. I don't know if he can be the number one guy, though. Mm-hmm. So, no, yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Again. No, he's definitely a good player. I agree. Probably I one guy. I don't think he's the guy who's going to be – you know, he's not Odell. He's not – No, no, no. He's, no. he's not even he's, – he's probably – if you were to rank all the number one receivers in the NFL right now, he's probably the last five. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. So, so those are my winners and losers. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna go. You know, I I do like what the Packers did. Uh, I think they're definitely up there in, in one of the best off seasons so far. Um, I'm gonna go with the with the sleeper team though, a uh, team that I briefly mentioned earlier. I really like what Buffalo did, man. Um, they got endless speed now at receiver. John Brown, um, you know, and to pair with Zay Jones and Robert Foster, two young guys that showed a lot of promise down the stretch of last season. You know, we know that's what Josh Allen likes to do is bomb the ball deep. Obviously, he's got he's got to get the reckless running a little bit under control. Like we talked about last year, he was running running for his life out there sometimes. But if he gets a little bit smarter, um, you know, that team's got deep threats. You know, you know, Lash- McCoy was kind of botched up a lot last year for most of the season. If they've got guys that can stretch the field and they can really have a passing game now, I mean, that's going to open up holes for him still. Because uh, I still think he can play too, even at age 30, 31. Yeah, he is. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, Cole Beasley too, a veteran slot receiver um, who I think was undervalued for, for years in Dallas. Um, I think he's a high character guy. I think that's a good move. They signed Andre Roberts today too. Obviously, not a flashy signing, but good returner, another good veteran receiver. So I think they're pretty stocked now at receiver. And uh, I mean, it all rests on Allen. And he was better than I, than I thought he would be last year. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a little erratic. Yeah, but you expect that. They Rookie all, quarterback, exactly. They all were. I would even say Pat Mahomes was a little erratic. Yeah, just, no, right? he was. He was. As bad as he was, you're right. He, he did have some erratic moments. Um, but, I, I mean, Buffalo's got a nice defense. I think their defense was pretty good last year, even though the team wasn't that good. Um, the offense was really, you know, pretty putrid. But, you know, you got to think Allen going into his second season, still got a lot of talent. Love the speed at receiver now, and he's still got Shady. And he's got um, and he's a tight end. The tight end's not bad either. What's his name? I can't remember. I forget. But, nah, they got someone but, decent, some big white guy. But his name. He's got an arm too, Alan. You can't forget. Yeah, and he all that it's going to pay off deep. Yeah, no. So I, I'm going to go with my winner as the uh, as the Bills. I, I like what they did. Um, and for my loser, uh, I'm going to say the Houston Texans. That team, oh, yeah. they, they lost their entire secondary, man. Yeah. Uh, Tyron Matthew, Kareem Jackson. Um, who's the other guy? They lost another one too. I can't. Who I'm blanking now. Yeah, um, they did not get – and they did nothing to get themselves better, too. No, That's nothing at all. Nothing at all. They signed Deshaun Gibson from Jacksonville, who's kind of, you know, an older sort of washed-up guy, I think. Uh, Matthew, you know, what people say is that he was great for, for the leadership of that team last year, too, on that defense. Um, you know, they've got Jadavian Clowney on the uh, on the franchise tag right now, too. They haven't signed him to a long-term deal, so you're going to have to pay him a, a boatload of more money. Um, and obviously Kareem Jackson was a starter there for, for, you know, eight years or so. He was a very good player and Matthew too. Um, I think they really, uh, you know, and they really haven't gotten anybody. They haven't really made any additions. So, you know, they'd probably be my loser right now. I'm not, you know, haven't really liked what they've done. I think the Colts are poised to take over that division. Yeah, it's, I think, the, and the Colts did get themselves a lot better too. We signed uh, Devin Fuentes too. Mm-hmm a one-year deal, who I think is a good running back, who's, or not running back, I'm sorry, receiver, who is lost in Carolina. I think they're also 
pretty big losers too, the Panthers. They, yeah, they haven't done anything. Yeah, they really did nothing. They lost, I mean, Funchess, I'm not a huge fan, but they lost him No, too. but he was quality. I mean, good. yeah, you can rely on Greg Olson getting hurt. With the yeah, but <laughs> my yeah. boy Greg. Uh, getting back to the Texans real quick, they lost Kevin Johnson, the uh, former first-round pick. But they also did add Bradley Roby, former first-round pick. Yeah. Too, so, I guess so, I mean, a wash, but I don't know. A, a lot of teams did get better, though, and it makes the NFL season more, you know, very more exciting, you know, coming up. So, uh, that concludes our free agency talk. A lot of stuff to digest, you know, when you listen to this. So, you know, give us, if you want, give us all your winners and losers of the NFL, of the NFL offseason so far. And even if you want our little, our draft kind of predictions coming up, which teams will get better then, you know, you guys can go, you know, hit us with a Twitter follow and sneaky plays and then comment on this podcast. I mean, a lot of stuff to talk about in the NFL season so far. And then also keep an eye out for uh, Tyler O'Shea's Hustle and Motivation. Great podcast he's got over there. And then our other partners over at Sneaky Plays, Joey Duffy and Brian Cantino, breaking down uh, all the MLB divisions. And they broke down the AL East this week, who, in my opinion, you know, the Yankees obviously will win that division, I think. So, <laughs> of course, shocker there. So they're breaking down a lot of good stuff over there at the baseball season. Two weeks away from opening day, too. That's very surprising to me. It feels like it just spring training. Just... I know. Let's get it. So Dude, I'm, I'm... – feels, man. Thoroughly excited, and I only work half days on Thursday, so I'll definitely be able to watch that Yankees game. Oh. So, uh, and then keep you know keep posted for Sunday because we have we didn't talk college basketball today because we're bringing you a special sneaky plays episode where we believe we'll be reunited with Brian Cantino, and we're going to bring you uh, our kind of early predictions of the NCAA tournament and what we think is going to happen all throughout this March. And the excitement that the NCAA tournament brings. I mean, nothing really brings America together like college basketball. Very true. So. Very true. But I mean, are you really an American if you don't fill out a bracket? Yeah, I mean, everybody fills. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to bet on the games. Whatever. I mean, everybody fills. You don't have to know anything. People, you just, people just write fill. down some teams' names. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you're guaranteed to get like two twelves. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe one fifteen. You know, so you never know what you're going to get in the NCAA tournament. But we're going to be doing that Sunday night, so definitely be on the lookout for that Monday before you fill out your brackets and make any rash decisions on, you know, your teams. So uh, anything else for you, Morris? You got anything else? I think I'm good. I think we got it all covered. Free agency frenzy. Uh, I'm sure, you know, there'll probably be some more moves next week that we'll touch on too. Yeah. Guys out there. But, uh, yeah, exciting, exciting time. Love this time of year for the NFL. Yeah, so – Uh, That concludes our podcast, and we will see you all here next week. And you guys have a good weekend. Enjoy your St. Paddy's Day, and make sure you guys keep betting the over this college basketball tournament season. Drink responsibly this weekend. Make sure. This podcast was brought to you by JokerMag.com, home of the underdog.